I'm Asan, and this is the review after City drew 3-3 with Spurs at the Etihad. Joining me to pick the bones out of that shit, I've got Stee and firstly, Mr. Dom Farrell. Hello, Dom. Hello, mate. A L- lot of bones to contend with, I think. Definitely, and, and I've picked a doozy to, uh, to bring you back for, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's not dull at the moment. I put, you know, for, for, the, um, for all the talk of Manchester City's boring, frictionless... <laughs> antiseptic dominance um this is a bit different isn't it it's, it's very different afternoon steve how you doing afternoon sir i'm very well um given the circumstances <laughs> would the circumstances be personal home circumstances or oh manchester no actually, city related i wasn't even thinking of that but that too yeah but manchester city related um yeah um it an incredible game and in in time, I can look back on it and think, oh, yeah, that was a cracker. But right now, just full of frustration. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. I, I find myself, I find myself in, in quite a weird uh, zen-like state, which probably has got something to do with the fact we won the treble last season. <laughs> not, that, not that I'm saying that this season doesn't matter, but I guess that I, I'm already finding the, the sort of emotional roller coaster to be a bit less up and down if that makes sense like the distance between the highs and the lows feels a lot closer than than normal which i think is a a good thing if you've got to try and do a review and and analyze a game but look i want to get right into it because there's so much to talk about um don i'm going to start with you and the team selection now i'm going to get i'm going to throw you a hand grenade as the opening <clears throat> question because i like to throw hand grenades around um after games like this uh, after the first half performance against Leipzig, just how surprised were you to see that back four be chosen against Spurs? Um, I was surprised, not so much the Leipzig game, but more, I think you could make a case that Nathan Ake was City's best player against Liverpool. Um, I was surprised he didn't start. Um, but other than that, I think with the, I mean, you look at like the personnel available and I think Squad size, squad depth and fatigue is maybe at the root of a lot of what we're going to talk about here. Um, nine of the 11 pick themselves, don't they? I mean, Stones, is, Stones isn't ready yet. Guardiola said that. Um, and then it's, it's to pick Doku or Grealish, which I think after midweek picked itself. And then mm. it's it's the left back, really. Other than that, I mean, I know there's been plenty of conversation around Akanji and Diaz's form. And since he stayed, Kyle Walker basically now plays every game, which... I have thoughts on, but for that game, I, yeah, the, the only surprise really for me was um, was at left back. Okay, um, Steve, any any advance on a left back surprise? Not really. I was pleased that Docu started. I expected him to, but I was pleased nonetheless. Um, I was pleased with the lineup. It looks all attacking. I did kind of think with, with Pep's comment in the week that maybe a bit of a bluff was in in the reckoning. Um, and he may start with Lewis, drop um, Alvarez, and, and just not go conservative. It's never Pep's way, but look to uh, seek to control the game more and mm. take advantage of the chaos that Spurs are. Um, so I was kind of half suspecting that. Um, when that didn't transpire, I wasn't overly disappointed. You looked at that lineup and thought, yeah, okay, today's going to be a basketball game, but we have got supreme quality over, over Spurs and we should win out. So that was my thinking going into it. Well, yeah, I, mean, I know, I know. Basketball game, lad. How many minutes in do we get the first first goal? You, you certainly got your wish because that yeah. was uh, absolutely a goal in 
built and made in transitions. Um, so, Steve, I'm going to stay with you. The goal itself in isolation, is it just one of those things when when you play the way that City play that occasionally you'll give up goals like that? Or does it speak to something deeper for you? It definitely speaks to something deeper. You you watch that um, goal again and you see um, Hill does very well to kind of turn on the edge of the box and kind of, you know, get past Foden and, and bring the ball out. But once that transpires, it's from our corner and you've got two against two. Now, you should never, ever have two against two from, you know, from having a corner. That's just, just amateur hour. But if you're going to have two against two, you shouldn't have one of them be a winger in Doku. And if you're going to have a winger in Doku, again, you watch it, and it's purely Baxton that he's actually involved. He's not meant to be there. He hasn't been instructed before the game, right, at corners, I want you to kind of stay back with Walker because you're the two fastest players. He's well over on, on the other side of the pitch and involved in our corner. He just happens to be tracking back at the time. So if he would not doing that, then who the hell? It's going to be two against one. It, it's it's farcical so early in the game, particularly. Um, so, yeah, and, and then obviously we get to the goal itself and Edison, you know, he could do a lot, lot better there. And it's a bit of a howler from, from Eddie. Um, but he's, he's due one. He's been excellent of, of late. But no, it's the two against two what annoys me because we know what Spurs are about and we know what Son is about. And we were making jokes on the podcast going into the game that, you know, essentially we'd have to score two because Son is at least going to score one on the break. And what was it, nine minutes in? And that transpires from our own bloody corner. It, it's it's amateur hour. Dom, does it give you, does it give you flashbacks of, uh, of, of seasons gone by, of seasons of yesteryear, counter-attacking goals like that? Gives me flashbacks of Son Heung-min at the Etihad Stadium all the time, I think. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, obviously, that was the end he scored both goals at in 2019, which were like from Spurs' first attacks as well. But yeah, there's. <clears throat> it's also, I mean, like SD says, like the, the, the two against two is fairly inex- inexplicable. But that's a goal City have conceded a lot this year, like sort of straight balls over the top. Um, it's, it's, it's basically mm. the only goal they've conceded in the Champions League several times. Um, so yeah, that, that is undoubtedly a problem and it's like I mean we'll, we'll sort of get onto team sort of structure and tactics but obviously without stones being available and and, and obviously this is a if this doesn't apply to this it's a, it's a corner stones would be attacking trying to score but that sort of the, the way that the, the Rodri and stones like block just really sort of shut everything off and shut counter-attacks down in the Champions League that obviously that isn't there there's been various ways Guardiola's tried to work around it um and none of them have been particularly effective, to be honest. It's, yeah, the, I mean, the there was, I think, from that crazy game with, again, Tottenham again last season, the, the comeback to win 4-2 from 2-0 down. City then went on a run up until, I believe, the defeat at Wolves have never conceded more than one in a game, like, mm. for a, a very, very long time. You look at the last four games, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all just completely out of the window. Um, and yeah, I think, I think there were reasons for that in front of the defence, but yeah, I think as Steve said, like it, it it speaks to wider things of whether it's concentration fatigue. Like it's basically the first rule of playing against Tottenham is not to concede that goal in the first ten minutes. Mm. I mean, I think you've both been a little bit harsh, just in so far as it honestly, like it just felt like one of those goals. Like it just, I don't know whether it's, I I don't know whether it's a son thing or I don't know whether it's just you know. Edison's 
basically listened to his own headlines or believed his own bullshit over the last couple of months because there's been a lot of talk of just how good Edison has been since Ortega has come in and certainly in 2023 how good he's been but for me it's a horrendous goalkeeping error like there's there's nothing else to it that should never be a goal and it's only a goal because Edison lets it through him and that should just never happen um so it's not even like you know in the past Son's turned into prime Thierry Henry against City, yeah, and he's curling him into the top corner from 20, 25 yards out. I'm all right with that. Do you know what I mean? Because that's just like, that's a world-class finish and, and, and those things happen, but he's pretty much it's it straight at him and there isn't enough power there that you can blame it on the power. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that goal in isolation because it's just a goalkeeping error. And actually... I'm a little bit okay with what happens next. I felt City's reaction was really good in terms of not letting their heads drop and just continuing to play. Steve, obviously, the set piece and the own goal comes so quickly after the goal, but in after Son's goal. But in general, how do you think City reacted to the Spurs goal? We reacted how, how we always react, and exactly how you described it there. You know, we we keep playing our game, um, we keep measured, we keep the rhythm, um, we keep doing the right things, and we just kind of go again. And we we are exceptional at doing that. Um, it's one of City's biggest strengths, I think. Um, so it didn't surprise me in the least to see us basically just get back on the ball, knock it about, look to create openings, look to create overloads, do our thing. Um, that we scored so soon after. Um, and I should say, I said that Son scored after nine minutes. It was six minutes, wasn't it? To, to have two against two from our corner after six minutes is just, it's unforgivable for me. I'll stand by that. But yes, three minutes later, we scored. It was an excellent delivery by Alvarez, whipped in. Um, something's going to happen when, when you're throwing a ball like that at that pace, at that kind of curvature um, from that angle. And indeed it did. And it was wonderful. It was Son who scored no goal. Got nothing against the lad. I quite like him. Um, but he always scores against us, and so it was wonderful. I didn't realise who it came off at first, and when I saw it was him, I had a good chuckle. Um, it reminded me of Peter Crouch's own goal a few years back after him scoring to the privates of top four. Um, it, was, it was nice to see that. Dom, how do you think we did after the, uh, um, after the equaliser in terms of territory, intensity, and pressure? Oh, well, very good. I mean... Spurs were a little bit their own worst enemy in that respect, but they are going to play that one in the Postacoglu. But particularly Alvarez and Bernardo, it's it's a bit of a forte of theirs, um, winning the ball very high up. Um, yeah, really good. I mean, probably City's best creator at times was that high press, which maybe isn't an overly reassuring thing in the bigger picture, but they did that very, very well. Um, yeah, I, I think, because obviously when a team that have won as much as City have done, hit a bit of a run like this, things like complacency will get thrown around. But I I think the response to that Spurs goal and sort of just the general performance of a lot of the players there, like really high energy guys like Foden, Alvarez and Bernardo, it's like, yeah, they in terms of, you know, mentality terms and responses to setbacks, they, you know, they never shirk it. They're, they're, they're very good. Like the, the intensity in that period was really good. I, I do think it was... As much as City were really good for most of the rest of the first half, I think the vulnerability was there throughout as well, going the other yeah. way. So it was a bit of a strange way to feel about because I've seen the first half performance get a lot of praise, which is fair when you, when you, you, you know, realistically, they should have scored four or five goals. 
but um, still, still something you didn't quite feel right about the balance of things and things going the other way. But yeah, in terms of the reaction, what they created, how they got the better of what Spurs were trying to do, um, yeah, a couple of really big ticks there, I think. Steve, so Bernardo wins the ball back from a high press um, and squares it to Haaland who, I'll be honest, I can't remember the last time I celebrated a goal that ended up not being a goal like that. <laughs> it was, uh, I was, yeah, I was definitely on my feet and cheering when I realized that that he put it wide. There's, a, there's been a lot of conversation around Haaland's 2023. I, I'd be interested to know where you land in terms of whether you feel there is something there that needs to be better or whether the expectation with Haaland is just too high? Yeah, I think the latter is definitely a part of it. He's missed the most big chances in the Premier League this season, but he's also scored a scoring at a rate of is it every 72, 73 minutes. Um, phenomenal goal-scoring record this season. Again, it just doesn't happen to be as good as last season, but then again, has it ever? Because last season was just freakishly phenomenal and prolific. And we very possibly might never see that from a footballer again in our lifetime, mm. and not least Erling, you know. So we can't compare him to last season. We, I mean, if we view him as a new signing from this summer, we'd be incredibly excited and we'll be seeing it entirely as a positive of what we're seeing um, in, as regards to his strike rate. But yeah, we, we can't deny that there's missed chances. That particular one, I have to say, is not technically an, own, um, an open goal. It was harder than it looks. He, he Basically, there's a player right in front of him blocking his view, and he has to go wider that player and, you know, in that fraction of a second, at a quite high-paced ball from Bernardo, he happens to hit it wide. Mm. Um, there, there are other chances, what I've seen from him this season, what do concern me. Um, that one didn't. It was more, given the fact that it was early in the game in 1-1 and all the rest of it, it just made me giggle a little bit because it was so unlike him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not overly concerned by Erling Haaland in missed chances as long as he continues with his strike rate. As long as that happens, then, you know, we're home and dry, we're fine. Mm. Dom, there is something vaguely surreal about the manner in which Haaland misses some easy chances. Yeah, this one in question in the ground was mad because I can't remember a time I've heard so much of like, everyone had gone into like full goal celebration noise mm. and then that that noise just getting swallowed back up it was like yes yeah, so that, that was that was bizarre um yeah he i mean i i don't want to go down the, the route of you know you, you got to be there to miss them because i always thought that was faint praise for the likes of sterling and jesus um so steve, steve mentioned that the big chances miss thing which it is you know as a stat is a little bit of a blunt thing because that that's like um the, i know this from working at a company that Opta was part of the big chances is purely at the discretion of like the guy taking the stats from the game. It's not like there is, you know, you can define what a shot is or a pass is. Like the big chances, some fellow goes, oh yeah, that's a big chance. So, but it still gives a good indication over a long period of time. And the mad thing is that last season, he only missed 28 big chances, where he's already missed 15 this year. But the thing is, it's because he gets all those chances. One thing I think... Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now 
or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.